1: Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Lilia Marchenko. I'm hey. Dennis Kudler. This is Sebastian Hofer. It's Mark Andrea Weasler. I am Francisco
2: Serundelo. And you're listening to the Interla podcast.
1: Hopefully, you enjoy it. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> Novak Djokovic comes in He steals the title He wins the 23rd Grand Slam He's the first guy in history To win 23 Grand Slam Alcaraz
2: is going to win Roland Garros this year He wants to be the greatest player He wants to emulate some of the big goats of the game I think Iga's going to win Roland Garros And win it back to back It doesn't happen often Iga Sriantek is going to be picking up her third And in the men's, Daniel Novode Rude winning Roland Garros Pinko is going to get her second
0: Roland garros title. Carlos Alcaraz is going to win the men's side. Igaz Viontek is going to uh, to win on the women's. Daniel Medvedev and Jessica Pagula will bring home the trophy year. Novak Djokovic, clean his between the third. And then on the women's side, we're Ostapenko. On the women's side, been on fire has won titles on every surface. Her name is Elena Rabakina. And on the men's, Carlos Alcaraz will win his first... Novak Djokovic is
1: the 2023 Roland Garros champion. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans! It's been a massive day of tennis at Roland Garros. We've had the big guns; they've been out on court, and all the matches today but a couple have been pretty one-sided. So we're starting to see some dominant forces coming through in the second week. And this could be a a dynamite second week that we're in store for. The big names are on Collision Course, aren't they, JG?
2: Yeah, and the big talking point from today is Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic won in dominant fashion. And it's quite fascinating, really, It was the exact same scoreline. Adiklaz took about 20 minutes longer than Djokovic did, but it was 6-3, 6-2, 6-2. Obviously, Adkalaz played Massetti, so it was a tougher opponent than Varias for Djokovic, but still the exact same scoreline. And we covered both matches on the live watch-along. So thank you, everyone, who joined us today. If you haven't, go check out some of our in-play commentary. It was electric commentary for electric tennis, and I'm gonna go straight into it, Ben. Who impressed you more, Alcaraz or Djokovic?
1: Well, uh, I thought I was super impressed by Novak Djokovic, and then I saw Carlos Alcaraz. And I think that it started well, and we just thought, "Wow, Djokovic has really yeah. taken taken this match by the horns, uh, so to speak." And Varias didn't even look like it wasn't even competitive, was it? I mean, no. he. he sort of came into it a little bit at the end of the set but you've got broken energy was no best
2: match by, by a distance I Country thought he world. was amazing and watching that one first like you said I was then starting to get a little bit worried I was starting to think okay this guy's going to win this whole role on Garros he looks consistent he looks in the zone fitness wise he seemed a lot better than what he had done in the previous matches the serve was going very well I know Gary That's a big been a big concern of his and then we saw Carlos Alcaraz. And what he did was a little bit different. It was super aggressive, massive ball striking, crazy agility, drop shots. It was a different kind of match to the Djokovic one. Djokovic really impressed me. But then when I saw Alcraz, I would say I was more impressed because he played a, a, a style of play which I honestly think is unplayable. And I don't know, it doesn't matter who he plays. If he can play like he did against Massetti right now, today, I don't know anyone who stops him. Not even Djokovic, not even a Rafael Nadal or Garros. It was simply that good.
1: It, some of the shots he hits are so hard. And he puts everything into every single rally. I mean, we were just in awe a bit of the way that he was from the baseline. Then he was at the net. Then he was back to the bay. He just goes he always chases down every ball to the last second. Even when one, he sort of knows that he can't get to it. He still chases it down just to prove I was that close to getting that. Just so you know, for your next shot, you better hit the line or you better put me away because that's coming back. And it kept coming back, kept coming back. And Massetti looked a bit like a broken man by the end. He didn't know what to do. And I think he's put to bed now, Alcalaz, that last defeat to Musetti in that Hamburg final where it was very close. This one wasn't close at all. And Musetti from the early break where I thought, wow, he's going to really take Alcaraz on today. It wasn't wasn't close at all. But Credit to Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, uh, I'm worried for Djokovic. I'm not going to lie. I still feel Djokovic has a really good opportunity though. And he poses something completely different, but that's not even on the menu yet. As we know, there's still... One match separating both of them from that.
2: But it feels real. After yeah. today, it, it was does, the first yeah. moment of this tournament where you've started to think, okay, they're one step closer. And as you have put in the now, it's starting to heat up, this Roland Garros, because they're on a collision course. And I find it very, very difficult. for them. It just seems very impossible that they're not going to meet. I feel like it's written in the stars and that seems like a bit of a final before the final. But let's get up some tweets. And who do you want to start with? Al Let's start with the first match of the day because it was
1: Djokovic who was playing first. So, uh, obviously, Novak Djokovic coming into this match. There had been a few questions. I think I was probably a bit harsh on the way that I was speaking about him during the Fakina match. I said that in the match earlier today. I think it was unnecessarily harsh because he always builds as he goes through the tournament. And in this match... He was playing somebody I would say on a lesser caliber than a Fakina. So it did appear easier. I think Vilias actually played quite well in small spells, but it just was nowhere near like the good
2: shots, but not Mm. as a collective match. He was nowhere near him. And Djokovic looked very compact and resilient and clinical. Which in the flow state, very flow state Djokovic. Who beats everyone, quite frankly, in Grand Slams? And look at this. He's, he's a record breaker after today because that's his 17th Roland Garros quarterfinal. Um, I think wow. that does put him one one higher than, than the Dow. There were some of the Dow <laughs> fans fighting back saying, who cares? He's won it 14 times, bigger than that. Um, and what does he say here? Serve. And serve, plus one, worked great. His best match of the tournament faces. Hachanov next, head-to-head, eight-to-one. Important to note mm. uh, to mention Hachanov, who also beat uh, Lorenzo Sonego today. Yes. Another Italian. We had uh, the other Lorenzo going up to Alcaraz and the other, both of them out, the Italian. So the Italian's having a bit of a dodgy day. Yeah. Hachanov has been doing excellent in slams. He's reached semifinals, quarterfinals in all of the last slams. Of course, Wimbledon, he was unable to play. But now, going into this one, I don't give him a chance in hell. The head-to-head date won. The one he did win was one of the early matches they played in Paris in a final. And I yeah. see more of the same. Uh, maybe he could get a set, but at the very best, I think it's four sets, Djokovic.
1: Yeah, I think, I feel that it's a very lopsided head-to-head. But like you say, we have to get credit to Hachanov. He, he's, he, been,
2: he's been the real consistent player in Grand Slams. This yep. last
1: year and a half. Yeah. Uh, each, he's been to the semi-finals of the last two and he wasn't allowed to play Wimbledon. But the last time he played that, he made the quarterfinals as well. So he's good on all surfaces and consistent as well. You don't get to those sort of levels of slams without good, consistent tennis. And he's been other than Medvedev, I'd say the standout Russian. Rublev, sort of gone down the pecking order a bit when it comes to, to Grand well, we Slam
2: tennis. But certainly in Grand Slam, nowhere near it.
1: Yeah, exactly right. So Novak Djokovic will be facing Hachanov next. And uh, there was this tweet as well. Uh, for Djokovic which came outs the big 3 on Twitter so Djokovic just uh, needs to just pretend this is a hard court and step on the gas offensively in a match against Alcaraz he isn't winning if he plays defensively
2: I like this tweet because I agree with it 100% I feel the way Djokovic looked today was very compact and resolute and was someone who was willing to suffocate Varias. he's not going to suffocate uh, he's able to get out of that quite quite comfortably he has sheer power baseline to baseline I only see one winner Djokovic needs to try and play ultra-aggressive tense whether that means he comes to the net a little bit more he mixes up his game he's got to try something different he can't afford to play any safe points against yes. Carlos Alcaraz because they will be dispatched I of course, we are talking hypothetically as well. Yeah. They're not even playing. No. We've still got some matches in between. Alcaláes is going to be playing Stefano Sissapas, which I'm know i sure we can maybe talk about now. Yeah. Uh, because sure. Alcaláes in the media, the press conference was very comedic. It wasn't intentionally comedic, but I found it very funny. I know you were laughing as well. At, at, at yes, exactly right. The head-to-head between the two of them is so lopsided. I don't know if you want to bring up yeah, the Yeah, I'll bring
1: that I'll bring up the graphic now. Here we go.
2: So this is Bianca, friend of the podcast. someone we're going to get on the commentary very soon. Uh so shout out to her. And the head to head currently for love to Alcaraz. And in the press conference, he was like, Ah, oh, Steph is a is a really good player. He didn't know it was going to be Statista Pass. He was trying to be respectful of Offner. So like, I've yep. never played Offner, but of course Offner lost very easily, straight sense, like I thought he would. Yeah. Um, sad. And he was like, yes, he's a really good player. It's going to be such a tough match. Um, but I've never lost to him, ever. And <laughs> his style of play really suits me. So in other words, he's a good player, but he can't touch me.
1: Yes. Do you agree?
2: He's...
1: Well, the stats don't lie, do they? And I feel the one thing that... Alcaraz does when he plays against Steph is he just plays upon all of the weaknesses that he knows that Steph hate, like the style he hates to play, the drop shots, the movement around the court, and when Steph's head goes down in those matches, I don't think they ever go back up again. And he he always like capitalizes on Steph's like mental vulnerability. He doesn't have that same vulnerability, Carlos. He always has self belief. He always believes he can come back if he's down. I don't think it's the same for Sissipas. If Once he's down, a lot of the times he's out. And that's the, that's the problem. And that's why everybody's talking about Carlos Alcaraz as the favourite for Roland Garros and not Sissipas, despite him being to a final before. Yep.
2: Yeah, so. exactly. And it is going to be a good match. Um, but I just see it being a very one-sided one. And it could be pretty much identical to what we saw with Lorenzo Massetti today, where it's one-way traffic And Sissipas not having any answers. So looking here at the top half, the top half for me is where it's at because I think we are going to see the winner from one of these four names. And you can probably cut that down to one of three. But there is a lot of noise for, of course, Holger Runa. And I know there's another tweet mentioned in the fact that there's only three real contenders left, being Alcaraz, Djokovic and Runa. But just looking at this one here. So there we go. Yeah, only three players I see winning the event. Yeah. Adikas, Djokovic, Runa. I did do a poll on our channel. I'm not sure if we've seen the results yet, but maybe we'll look at them towards the end of the video. And I included these three. And then the other option was just other. Because I do <laughs> yeah. believe that Runa is a real contender along with the others. But yeah, I think the winner will come from Adekinaz Djokovic, that matchup.
1: It's more than likely, isn't it? Um, will Tsitsipas come and surprise Everybody, uh, he has the ability. It's just whether he puts it all together. That's the thing. We know he's got quality. It's just the mental side of his game where he lacks and the willingness to run around to try and get back out of losing positions. And I'm, I'm not sure if he has that in a five-set match against Alcalaz. Alcalaz has just so much desire on the court. But there were some other good tweets regarding uh, Alcalaz as well. We got this one. He was saying... I feel loved when I go out on the court. I don't know whether the fans are raffers <laughs> they have moved on to me, but I do feel the love every time I step on the court. And I think he deserves all the love, like especially when he plays the way he's playing today. How can you not love the guy?
2: Because he's so
1: exciting.
2: He's very humble with it too. The, the Roland Garros team did, um, it was during like a media hour or so, they interviewed some of the players and he was part of this sort of collaboration of, of clips. And the question was, have you ever received special treatment um, for being famous? Like, and what, what was it? So everyone, Djokovic was there. He had a card. He was like, yes, I have. And they explained what it was. He's got upgraded plane tickets. Or there was loads of different people doing it. And Alcaraz was the only player who said, no, never. He's never, ever received anything because of his status as a celebrity, he said, I'm not even famous. (laughs) (laughs) He said, not yet. I'm not famous yet. (laughs) I think he's pretty famous. I think he is, but I feel like he just generally has this attitude that he's just a boy playing tennis, doesn't do anything he loves. And that's what makes me warm to him so much because you can see how much passion he has for the sport. You can Mm. see how much passion he has to chase down every single ball. And honestly, I'll go as far to say without him, I would not be as encouraged with the future of tennis. He is my real sort of saving grace at the moment for the future. With Rafa on the verge of retiring, without Carlos, I would be a little bit lost.
1: Yeah, he's definitely given so people... Maybe he's right
2: with his tweet, with what he said.
1: Well, it was interesting as well that this one came out, this match today came out and I was... I saw a tweet earlier that said it was actually a year ago today that we had the Nadal Zverev match as well, which was epic, as we remember. And it was showing some of the highlights of that, and I just thought, wow. I mean, some of those winners from Nadal and Zverev in that match—that was one of the best matches of the year yeah. for me. It was, and good, it's. It was difficult to think, like, how do we recreate? Like, obviously, Rafa's not there. Zverev has, hasn't been in the same form. Are we still going to get somebody to step up and produce that type of tennis again? And he's stepping up. <laughs> and that's, that's it.
2: Djokovic. That's all you yeah. can say, two words, I feel. That's the only match we're going to see some kind of godly ability. And if we do get it, it's going to be a match I cannot wait, wait to see. I'm so fascinated to see how Djokovic approaches it. Of course, I think it's going to be competitive. I don't care how good our Carlos Arcaz is, Djokovic in the slam, another level altogether, and he's going to make it tough for him. But
0: Most I just definitely. want to see how
2: I just want to see how far he's going to push him, and yeah, can't wait. Really, really good match. Make sure to join us for it <laughs> if we do get it in the semis.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I just remember their last match. Their their last match was so uh, intriguing, and the how close it was as well. It was brilliant. Let's go on to some of these other tweets as well. Uh, there was another one regarding Juan Carlos Ferrero
2: here. Do you want to take us through that one? Yes, yeah, so Fabrice said, I want to pay tribute to someone special in your box. Um, Carlos said, he's my friend and coach. I can say he's my father as well. <laughs> we played juniors, futures, challenges. I'm grateful to have him outside the court, uh, growing as a person with him. And they've got such a good relationship. He is very fortunate to have him. I was looking through, Roland Garros posted a few images as well of the boys' champions over yeah. the years. We had Tommy Paul one year. There was Ons Jibber, Elena Svitolina, of all mm. the different years attached to them. Recently, who was it? We had Leila Fernandez and... Van Asher won it recently as well. Van Asher. And... Yeah, and and his coach here, Juan Pablo Ferreira, he actually finished Juan Carlos, Juan Carlos Ferreira. Sorry, <laughs> he yeah, finished. Right he, he, that's why I've done it because no. of Ferreira. <laughs> but he finished second as a junior. He has all the experience at this level, and I feel he's just got such a good relationship. Like Carlos says, he treats him like a, a father, it's a fatherly figure. Yeah. To him. And he was there from the very beginning when he was 15 years old, when he was playing in these challenger events, when we was watching him. So he's seen the whole journey. He believed in him then. He's been with him time and time again. They train a lot of the time in Austria, I believe, which is quite windy. And that is what he was saying about how the windy conditions didn't didn't really faze him at all. He felt very comfortable in that wind. Yeah,
1: I remember when he had that windy match against Nadal as well in the Indian Wells. Um, that was a very intriguing matchup between the two to see how the conditions and how he handled them. He seemed to be playing pretty well in those conditions as well. Yeah, especially against someone as good as Rafa. But yeah, Juan Carlos Ferrero, one of the greats, uh, Roland Garros champion two thousand three. Yeah. So no better person to have in your corner, especially you remember seeing them embrace when he turned yeah. up at that tournament before, and then he came running to him and it's almost out of a movie, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, they generally like... do
2: love each other. I don't think it's for the cameras. No. Um And he was getting, he was tearing up during it as well. So great relationship they've got. I think it does help having that steady relationship. Maybe Radu Karni could learn something.
1: Most definitely. Yeah. She's uh, going through some of the well, new coach as well. Uh haven't, Had time to report on that let's have a look at how they've got on Uh, this is the Djokovic and Alcaraz so far in Roland Garros uh, up to the quarterfinal and you can see there Djokovic has won all in straight sets 12 sets uh, out of 12 and won 76 games in total and Carlos Alcaraz only dropped the one set so 12 out of 13 sets and has won 76 games as well (laughs) so couldn't be much closer so far Look at that, like they're holding hands
2: there. Nice image, isn't it? Yeah, that games one's stupid, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really move. Because everyone's just...
2: going to win 76 games to get to this stage.
1: Well, not not, not necessarily with sevens and sixes. Yeah, but
2: pretty much. It's not going to be in much between them. It's
1: going to be close, isn't it? It, yeah. it would have been
2: better to have done games conceded, but I'm, I'm assuming Alcaraz won that one. That's why Pavigi didn't report it.
1: Um, <laughs> I'd like to see points would be more interesting Points won but...
2: Yeah, no but the g- games conceded makes yeah. more sense than games won as a stat, but I'm assuming the reason he did do it is because Adiklaz won that, but I don't know because I've not worked it out and I'm not going to work it out right now either but like you get... said, very similar paths, very similar results the only difference is I think Djokovic has played better from the no, sorry, Adiklaz has played better from the start to finish but Djokovic certainly round four He's hitting his flow state, he's looking good.
1: I think that we'll let him off the, the first few rounds because he normally does this and he normally just starts warming up and let's take into consideration the age difference between the two as well. Maybe that's why Alcraz can start off so fast. So Djokovic like Diesel, wasn't that Stan Vabrinka's nickname?
2: Yeah.
1: Just takes a bit of time to get going, but once he's going, it won't stop him. Hopefully, but this one's a good one. Also, Lorenzo Musetti speaking out about uh, losing to Carlos Alcaraz said today Alcaraz showed he
2: probably could win the tournament. That's from the man who he beat. (laughs) Yeah. I praise from someone who was in ridiculous form coming into this match. And we were thinking maybe it's going to go four or five. He didn't really handle the occasion too well. But then the first set, I thought he played really well, but just didn't get an opportunity. And ultimately, come against someone who was in inspired form, and whatever he did wasn't going to be enough. I'm
1: sure they'll meet again on the clay, especially. That's the the thing. I think
2: they're probably on the hard courts as well. Massetti's developing his overall game.
1: Yeah. At the moment, I feel like he's the most dangerous, obviously, on the clay, but yeah. Of the sure, yeah. But anyway. I'll just see what other ones we've got here. This one. This one was a little uh a little trick, I believe. Are we allowed to show it or are we not?
2: Yeah, you can show it because it's quite funny.
1: All right. I'll have it here.
2: I don't know how he does it. I just thought he's so talented. Look at this. <laughs> not, I've never seen something like it. Have you? Well uh, I, I, thought, I thought it was fake at the start. No, have a watch of it again. How are you spinning it round? That's a bit
1: crazy. Go to the it?
2: middle. There we go. From here, it's better.
1: It's almost like they've just put it on repeat or something.
2: Yeah. No, this is real. He actually did that. I'm going to have to try it next time on a tennis court. Oh, and I'll, no. I'll keep you updated, guys, how it goes.
1: Yeah, please do. Uh, I've, I won't try it. Just I don't want to injure anybody <laughs> in and around the court. I don't court. think
2: you can do two rotations.
1: No, just the one will do for me, I think. <laughs> Right, but that is uh, pretty much our summary of the men's today. Um, Obviously, City Pass won against Offner in straight sets as well. So that's why we've got those four at the top. The other ones will take place tomorrow. Uh, We had the women's today. We're going to speak about uh, Svitolina and we'll speak about Sabalenka and then we'll just go through the others just at the end, if that's okay. So let me just bring up the Svitolina tweet. There you go. And I had one eye on this match today just while we were watching. I think it was the Djokovic one. And great to see Gail fees, obviously, in the stands, looking so proud the whole time and trying not to be too emotional. You can see him. He's trying to like, not roar or do anything crazy until the end. And that must be difficult to hold it all in because you see she's always looking over there and he's always like, oh,
2: come on. Yeah. <laughs> just <I think laughs> not... I think he gave her a lot of strength today. She spoke about it in a press conference or a sort of on-court uh, interview and she was saying how emotional she was and how being from Ukraine, of course, they don't have a slam in Ukraine, but she felt like she was French today because what happened is she had all of Monfils' fans there cheering her on as if she was a French woman. And we don't Brilliant. have any one from France left in the draw apart from her. She's treated like <laughs> someone from it. France. She's amazing. <laughs> she spoke a little bit of French. She's tweeting in French as well. She's really embracing the whole uh, French vibe and culture. And they're getting behind her big time. And I wasn't expecting her to win today. It was another matchup with Ukraine and Russia and all of them tensions. I don't think there was a handshake towards the end of the match.
1: There was an acknowledgement at the end of the match. Like, they said they'd already spoken beforehand and then Kasutkina just gave her a thumbs up. Yeah. So, that's nice anyway.
2: Yeah, Kasutkina is someone who has spoken up quite a bit and she's been very brave. Um, but, yeah, less about all of the politics. You can research that in your own time. I thought she was outstanding, tennis-wise. And she is a player, as we know, when she was firing, she's a yeah. top three, top four, top five player. I'm definitely in that right, conversation. Sure, yeah. She's really good. But it's not easy. She just had a kid to then come back to tennis. We can't appreciate what that's like. But being a mother now, coming back, playing tennis, I think she's an inspiration for so many other mums out there who definitely. want to go back to playing tennis. And yeah, I was really proud that she was able to get it over the line because it's a tough, a tough, tough opponent. And Kassikina is another one who won the juniors. <laughs> So she's and not too long ago. She won the juniors at Roland Garros as well.
1: And she was in great form. She just knocked out like one of the young stars of the tournament, a bagel and breadstick that was Stern. So I I was thinking, wow, she's in incredible form. And Svitolina, she's now equaled her best at Roland Garros with this. So she's got to the quarterfinal three times before. And now she's got to the quarterfinals this year and coming back. Onto the tour, we saw her in awareness on her comeback one where she was still like finding her feet, and then she won a tournament in the next tournament, which is incredible to go from just one comeback tournament wins another
2: tournament. Now she's in the quarterfinals of a slam. What an incredible comeback! I mean, that's quick. And Towson beat her that day, and she's already out of Roland Garros. So, that's I it. mean, it was a great event to go to. We've had Offner, um, Svitolina. It was just yeah. building up perfectly for Roland Garros. So it was all there, and they're all doing very well. The Awares crew.
1: That's it. But, uh, moving on,
2: crew. moving on to the other match is Sabalenka, and that is yes. going to be her opponent now. So it doesn't get much tougher than that. But let's talk about Sabalenka before we go into the press conference. I want to talk okay. about her match today. What sure. really, what went on? What went on with her? She was five love <laughs> up after so seventeen weird. minutes. It. She then got pegged back to five all, and I thought from that moment, Sloane Stevens was going to win. Um, win the set Yeah. she then went up Sloane Stephens in the tyre break went to tyre break and she was up I think 4-2 and from that position I thought then she, that, she's that got this wrapped up she got all the way to 5-4 serving for it lost both serves and then Sabah held so it was a really <laughs> topsy-turvy set but Sabah yeah. got the job done and she showed spells of brilliance She's still not dropped a set. She's been looking very good up until she lost her five-love lead. Yeah. But one thing it did show me is there is a lot of frailties in her game still. And all it takes for her is a 10-minute lapse of concentration. You do that against Egar, she probably gets more than five games in that spell. She probably goes about eight games in a row. And before you know it, you're down a set and a break in the next one. Because Eager exactly. can do that. She's a little bit more clinical than Sloane Stevens. But it was a tough match. Sloane Stevens played very well. Uh, We know she can play well. She got to the final of Roland Garros, I think, in 2018. Yep. Um, But, yeah, congratulations to Sabah. And she's going to be favourite now from the bottom half to make the final. And it looks like all this talk of all these other players getting there, we could be getting the one, two on the women's being the Eager and Sabah.
1: Well, how crazy is it as well that we're now... She's... Well, Svitolina going through, obviously... Not to go back to politics too much, but she's just gone through against the Russian. Now she's playing Sabalenka from Belarus in the quarterfinals now. So there's going to be even more news stuff coming around about that. And I feel like Svitolina has a real chance. If Sabah plays like that, Svitolina in great form. She would love if Sabah can hand her a few games as well. So that one might not be as straightforward as some people think.
2: Yeah. And back to the press conference, uh, there's been some big news happening today and that is she will not be doing any press conferences at all. She's going to be doing an interview with the WTA editorial reporter uh, and then it will be transcribed and distributed. So there's not going to be any video of her talking. A lot of this is because she's been asked a lot about the invasion in mm. Ukraine. What do you make of it all? Has this been tr- handled well? I mean, um, I feel like it's I don't feel like the, the reporters
1: should be asking these same questions over and over again. I know that they're just looking for clicks. I know that it's news and they want to just hear somebody from that country speak about it because that's what's going to sell newspapers or put, put headlines somewhere. But I feel like this is the way that if as long as Sabalenka's fulfilling, actually doing some sort of press and she can do it in a way where you still get to find out her thoughts about the match and you get to find out all of the information of normal questions that get asked. And if there are any that they ask her from them, she doesn't have to answer them face-to-face with the media because then it can become a little bit more hostile because then if we follow up questions, there can be, I don't know, maybe some tension in the room. Maybe that's an easier way of her answering questions because she could just say, oh, I don't want to answer that one.
2: but. Well, of course it's up to her and she needs to do what makes her feel safe. She said she felt unsafe in the press room. How I think it should be done is it should be made... All the press should be made aware in that room. We've been in the room. We know what it's like before she comes in. No questions on any politics. Okay? She then walks into the room, gets all the questions about the match. If anyone does break that, she should just get up and leave. Or... But I think that's how it should be. I think she should have to do a press conference. I don't like the fact that players get out of these press conferences. You should, as a tennis player. We need it to sell the sport. It's important to hear a player's thoughts. There's so many diehard tennis fans who are really interested. And it's all part of the whole package of the event for me. It adds to the context. We wouldn't be doing this podcast if there were no press conferences.
1: What What about another it idea? It is all. How about if... Like, because players get punished if they don't do press conferences, don't they? What happens with the press? If Rightly the press, so. if the press break rules, what they should be punished as well. Like you said, if you say do not bring up these things and they bring it up, then they should be punished by not being allowed in the press room or Agreed. having a fine or
2: it's, or just ban them from the press room. They're not yeah. having the in the room for the next any more matches. In the they round get round.
1: taken out instantly if they ask that question. That should be how it be. You're ejected from the press room.
2: I think it could be managed a little bit better. That's all I'm going to say on it. Um, but let us know Money. your thoughts in the comments section below. Money talks. Uh, let's move on to the other matches and then we're going to wrap it up because I know we're going over the time.
1: Oh, I've got the the next So bit. these
2: are tomorrow's matches. We're going to be covering Eager um, for sure right. and maybe some of the others as well. So Mukovashi beat Avinissian. That's it. Um, we spoke about the others. Mertian's Extreme Bottle complete box. I'm not <laughs> going to go into it more than that. She's a one of the biggest bottlers in tennis and she proved it here today. She had that match wrapped up. Pavlichenkov credit to her. She's a good player, but Mertin should have won. Hopefully Pavlichenkov gets a wild card for Wimbledon as well because she is out of the seeding and wouldn't be able to get in automatically. Yeah. And on the men's, we spoke about all of these, but I'll let you have your final sound Sister pass off now before we wrap it up.
1: Yeah. Uh Just a shout-out to Sebastian Offner, just in case he hears it, just to say, fantastic tournament. You had a really, really good tournament. This one just came up a little bit short. The first set, it was very close. He was up a break. He got broken back, and then it just just couldn't get it over the line. I think Sissabas just used his experience just at the end of the set and in the second set, just got the break, and then I feel like Offner was done, sadly. But good tournament, though. Good for for Offner. Good for us. And uh, best of luck for the next tournament. That's all I can say.
2: Yeah, my number one qualifier to watch has gone. But he made us proud and, yeah, incredible effort, mate. Well done. And we really enjoyed watching you. It kept us on on the edge of our seats every day. We got the privilege of watching him. Made a lot of other matches interesting as well while watching him. Up to number 80 in the world now. So, congratulations. Perfect. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you everyone for joining us on today's episode of what happened at Roland Garros. We'll be doing another one tomorrow for sure. Similar time. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you hit if you did enjoy it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, and let us know are we going to be getting Djokovic Ad Karaz? That is the big one. It is hotting up right now. I'm going to be in Team Ad Ben's going to be in Team Djokovic because he's got him at the beginning of the tournament. And I'm secretly confident in my man. He looked outstanding today. But of course it, this is Novak Djokovic. You can or never not. write him off in a grand slam. <laughs> never.
1: Right. Anyway, let's wrap this one up. Uh put your score predictions as well for all of these matches we've just gone through in the comment section below and join us for the matches tomorrow. Yeah, we've got eager.
2: Um thanks everyone. See you tomorrow.